Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many things you've already blessed us with this day. And now the wonderful opportunity to get into your word. Help us now as we do that to understand the message, apply it in the right way, share it with others, and grow closer to you through the whole process. Thank you so much as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. The Lord is my helper. When we stand on the might and the power of the Lord, we can face the wiles of the devil. We can face the challenges. We can surely see that through our lives and the lives of others and the records that we have in His Word of those that have faced some awesome obstacles and have made their way through by the power and by the might of the Lord. And we need as Christians to know that we can stand firm. We can stand fast, as it says. We can stand on the power and the might of Jesus Christ, stand on Him, and we can face our adversaries. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men, be strong. We need to stand firm, we need to stand strong. Not to be whimpering, not to be chaffing the wind, just blown away, not to be wavering, but to stand true, stand fast. And it's very important that we take this seriously and that we always, when the Lord gives us a task to do, that we follow through with it. When we're in that responsibility of serving the Lord, as He says in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, and Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. This has been used many times to talk about people backsliding and going to hell. No, that's not what he's talking about. Talking about here, like I always say, when he says kingdom of God, you've got to look, what is he talking about? Is he talking about the eternal kingdom? Or is he talking about the dwelling place of the Lord? Or is he talking about the church? The kingdom of God that Jesus Christ preached about was the group of believers. And read that again. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. He just got through talking to some folks about them coming and following him to work for the Lord. Those that have gotten involved in the ministry in whatever aspect of the ministry and then decided that, oh, I don't like doing that. I don't want to do that. I want to go do something else. And they just pull away from what the Lord wants them to do. That's who he's talking about. They're not fit for that task that they were doing anyway because they weren't determined to do it. They did not stand fast. They didn't. When it got a little boring for them or got a little challenging for them or they got a little persecution, they just sort of back off and they didn't have strength to start with. They should have never took that task on if they weren't going to follow through with it. That's what the Lord's talking about here. They weren't fit for it. So we got to get fit for it. How do we get fit for it? By trusting in Jesus Christ, by turning to Him, by standing on His might, by following His will, His desires for our lives, not ourselves. That's one of the big challenges we have. We get weary in well-doing sometimes. Like it says over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, but ye, the brethren, be not weary in well-doing. We can be doing a work and then we get tired. We get weary and we get aggravated or persecuted or tribulations or challenges, whatever it might be, that weary or wear you down. shouldn't be doing such things. Galatians 6, verse 9, Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We just got to be steadfast. We got to just keep at it over and over and over continuously and don't back off. Like we started in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch ye. You got to be aware. 
there's a lot of obstacles that can come up around. A lot of stumbling blocks, a lot of challenges, a lot of distractions even. A lot of appeal out there to do something else that the, the devil's dangling that little bait and tempting you to get off of the straight and narrow and take a turn off onto some side road. That's what the devil does. He says, watch ye, stand fast. You stay on the straight and narrow and keep the work going. In the faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in what He wants you to do. Quit you like men. That doesn't mean to give up. That means you're solid. That means you're stuck in that and you're staying in that. Be strong. We can be strong by the might of Jesus Christ. We can be strong because of what He can provide us with. The strength and encouragement that He can give us. The wisdom that He can give us. The the fruits of the Spirit that can come up into us. In First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, Paul writing to young Timothy, it reads, Fight the good fight of faith. Fight. That means it's going to be a challenge. It means it's going to be a battle. It means you're going to have to go up against an adversary. And we need to fight the good fight. There's a lot of fights out there you can get involved in, but some of them aren't good. Some of them are not profitable to the kingdom of God. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Because that's our goal, is to have everlasting life with Jesus Christ. Whereunto thou art also called. Reminding Timothy here that he was called to be a servant of the Lord. Reason has professed a good profession before many Witnesses, when you stand up, proclaim yourself as a Christian, you need to follow through with it. Because if you are a Christian, you are Christ-like. And we need to behave like Jesus Christ. We need to get into that battle. We need to fight. And we need to continue to fight. And never, ever give up. In Hebrew chapter 13, verse 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as ye have. For ye, for, excuse me, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Talking about the Lord. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. That's one of the problems a lot of folks have. When they get a little bit of fear in them, when they get a little bit of persecution, when they get some threats against them, they're worried about what man can do to them instead of standing fast on the strength of the Lord and having that fearlessness up against mankind. We can have that. We can boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. When you stand fast, when you stand true. We saw a lot of examples of this going through all their COVID craziness and madness that they infiltrated on people with all the the crazy rules and regulations and restricting the churches and even closing up churches, being able to come in and can't sing gospel music, got to wear masks and all the other crazy stuff they came up with. We saw a lot of that. And we saw some really profound 
solid Christian standing up in the face of all that. Got persecuted for it. Some of them got convicted for it. Some of them got fines and so forth for it. A lot of hatred toward them for it. But they weren't afraid what man could do to them. I admire that. They stood fast on their faith and trust that Jesus Christ is the one who controls everything, even the pestilences in the world. He is in control of all of it. Yield to Him, to His will. Paul did this over and over. Paul did this. And as he wrote over in 2 Timothy, shortly before getting his head cut off, he wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 4, knowing what was about to happen to him, he was still standing true, still standing solid. And he proclaims in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and picking it up in verse 1. I charge thee therefore, now this charge is going to Timothy, proclaiming to him, giving him a little bit of encouragement. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. We got to know there's judgment coming. The Lord's going to look at everything that you did, everything that you did, from the time you came into existence to the time of judgment. Everything is going to be looked at. If you have turned to the Lord, if you have asked forgiveness, if you've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, then all of your sins from that point back to the beginning are gone, washed away, clean, as far as the east is from the west, gone from you. Don't have to worry about those. But from that moment you became a born-again Christian to the moment you're in judgment, everything that you've said, everything that you've done, everything that you've thought is going to be looked at. What have you done with that time? You need to take it to the Lord daily and ask for forgiveness so you can get all those sins wiped away again, washed away. You don't get born again and again and again like I've said many times. That don't happen. But you can take that born again, pure white, clean garment and roll around the dirt and get it messed up. You don't leave it messed up. You go get it clean. You go get it clean by turning to the Lord. Over and over turn to the Lord. Daily turn to the Lord. You know good and well when you have an evil thought. shouldn't leave it there. Ask the Lord to forgive you for that. And overcome that. When you say something evil, ask forgiveness for it. When you do something evil, ask forgiveness for it. Because there is a day of judgment coming. He's reminding us there. He's going to judge the quick and the dead. The quick are those that have been brought back to God, to life. The born-again Christians. The dead are those that are lost, that are spiritually dead. At His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the Word. Preach it. That means to proclaim it with authority. When you can be a teacher, where you teach people, and you can be a preacher, where you preach it. You deliver it with power and authority because it comes from the Word of God. And that's what he's talking about. Deliver it with power and authority from the Word of God. Preach the Word. Be instant in season and out of season. It means always ready. Reprove, rebuke. We've got to test everything. Did it come from the Lord? Is this of the Lord? Or is it of some guy's imagination? Or is it from the devil? Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Proclaim it, and you've got to proclaim it with patience and with the truth. This doctrine is the truth. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, 
But after their own lusts, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Notice, teachers having itching ears. This is going on around the world, has been from the beginning of this. More and more prevalent nowadays. Teachers that are teaching just what folks want to hear, just what gives them a solid position as a teacher or prosperity as a teacher, that pleases the people because it it tingles their ears. It's exactly what they want to hear. They want to find out what they want to hear, then that's what they delivered to them, exactly what they want to hear, instead of what they need to hear. That's why he says teachers. It's not preachers, this is teachers. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They don't want to hear the truth of the Word of God. But after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. We sure see a lot of that going on, the false teachers, the fables, the fluffing stuffers. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Letting Timothy know here, there's going to be some afflictions. Paul sure had been through it all his ministry. You do the work of an evangelist. That means reaching out to others to come in to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's what evangelism is, to going out, spreading the gospel, to get folks saved, soul winners. Make full proof of thy ministry. Got to make sure it's truth. Got to make sure it's accurate. Got to make sure it's the correct, sound doctrine. Make full proof of it. And then he goes into his own personal situation in verse 6. For I, that is Paul, am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. The time of the departure he's talking about was he was fixing to get his head cut off. Nero was going to cut his head off for a action to appease the people. Nero wanted to calm the people down. Nero had blamed the Christians for a fire that wiped out a good deal of the area and he of Rome he and he wanted somebody to blame, so he started blaming the Christians for it. And actually it was Nero that came up with the idea of burning this particular neighborhood and this area is because he wanted to redevelop it, but the people didn't want to, so he figured, well, I'll just burn it down and then that'll give me the chance to redo it and I can blame the Christians for it. And that'll be even more benefit for him. And that started more persecutions against the Christians and the church. And he said, well, I can top it off by cutting the head of of Paul off for the crowd. So that's what he does. But this is right before that happens. He's saying, I know what's happening and I'm ready for it. Not scared about it. Not whimpering. Not cowering in fear. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith all the way to that gallows, all the way to that point of getting his head cut off, all the way to that death. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. He knew what he had to look forward to crown of righteousness, confident of his salvation, confident that he was doing the kind of work that he was supposed to do, confident in knowing that the Lord was right there with him through it all, 
seeing to it that he was going to be okay through all of it, and determined to keep the faith, to stay on the right path. Just as Joshua, when Joshua was leading the children of Israel and they were getting into the promised land and starting to establish things there in the promised land, there were some that were still trying to hang on to the evil idolatry of the past. But Joshua was telling the, the crowd that he was speaking to in Joshua in chapter 24 in verse 15. Just pick it up here for time's sake. It reads, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Evil to serve the Lord? That's what we have going on in this country today. Those people that are condemning Christians, those people that are saying that Christians are the greatest threat in this country today, they are those that have said that it's evil to serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He stood fast. He stood strong. He said, I'm going to serve the Lord. Regardless of what you're going to do, you may choose to serve Satan and you go right ahead. But we are going to serve the Lord. You need to stand fast, stand strong, take that challenge and go ahead and stand up boldly for the Lord. Because we can take comfort in the book of Psalms. In Psalm 18, verse 1, I will love thee O Lord, my strength. The Lord, the strength. Not our own strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies." When you call upon the Lord, you're going to be saved from your enemies. That's what we can stand confidently upon, knowing that the Lord is going to be right there with us through whatever challenge we face. It's like David wrote in Psalm 62, Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From Him cometh my salvation. Are you waiting upon the Lord? Now this waiting isn't only like when you're going to sit down and wait for something to occur. No, this waiting is you are serving the Lord as well. Just like you have a young lady or a young man come to your table, they are waiters or waitresses. They are waiting on you. we got to do that as well. We wait on the Lord. We serve the Lord as well as the other way you can use that word, patiently awaiting the will of the Lord to, to be accomplished. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From Him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. Note, He only is my rock and my salvation. Way too many people have decided that their rock or their salvation is somebody else other than the Lord. Whether it be a loved one, whether it be a government, whether it be a teacher, a preacher, a pastor a doctor, a politician, whatever it is. If somebody else is your rock, you've messed up. 
You know, like those that are worshiping the idols and the false gods of the past. He, which is Jesus Christ, God Almighty, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved when we can stand so firmly, so boldly, so confidently on what the Lord can provide us with. Then we can truly say that. We can truly say that He is my rock and my salvation. No one else. Nothing else. In Psalm 27 verse 14, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He not only gives us the physical strength that we need, he can give us the emotional strength and the spiritual strength that we need. Because yes, it is quite challenging in this world these days. But we can stand true and faithful. We can stand firm when we truly trust in the Lord. Psalm 31, verse 24, Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. Strength comes from the Lord. Over and over we see that. All ye that hope in the Lord. All ye that hope in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. He'll strengthen you. You see, the the theme here, the whole concept of all this, is to stand on the might and the strength of the Lord. Not our own strength, our own strength. Faith even. Because he tells us in here that if we lack faith, ask for it. If we lack strength, ask for it. If we lack boldness, ask for it. Courage, ask for it. Wisdom, ask for it. All of it. But sometimes we don't ask for it. We're just content with what little we have. In those aspects, we are not to be content. We can be content with what we have in this world amongst the worldly things and so forth, yes. But always be hungry for more when it comes to the blessings of the Lord that can pour upon you, such as your faith and your strength and your boldness, your confidence and your courage, those things, to stay hungry for those things, to always desire to have more of that. It is so awesome what He has provided us to, and so awesome that He's given us the opportunity to be a part of his work now going back over there like we said in being content in hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 let your conversation be without covetousness and be ye be content with such things as ye have this covetousness and this contentment that they were teaching about here is when you look at somebody else's life and you desire to have what they have and think that you deserve it more than they do. That's what he's talking about there. reads, For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's what we really want to treasure. That's what we really want to desire to have is the Lord right there with us always. And when we know that and acknowledge that, then verse 7, I mean verse 6 kicks in. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. When you have things in the right order, when you have things in the right value, you trust in the Lord with all your existence, you love the Lord with everything that is about you, then you can listen to the Holy Ghost and He can guide you, He can protect you, He can give you the strength that you need to overcome 
those challenges in the world. And you can have the confidence that Paul wrote about in Romans chapter 1, in verse 15, for as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Do you have that kind of confidence, that boldness, where you can stand up and say, I'm not ashamed to be a Christian? Or are you going to cower in fear and be ashamed when it comes time for those persecutions to come your way? There's going to be persecutions. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be challenges as a Christian. In the life of a Christian, you are going to face those things. It's clear and simple. The Lord told us that all through His ministry and all His apostles the disciples wrote about that, that there is going to be such a challenge. But we need to do what He tells us to do over in Ephesians. If we can put these things on, when we understand that we can be encapsulated, we can be enclosed with, we can be enveloped by the power of the Holy Ghost and the armor of God, then we can get into that battle and fight the good fight. In Ephesians chapter 6, let's pick it up in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That's the main theme of this whole sermon is the Lord is your helper and it's by His power, His might, not your own. The devil will beat you up and make you think that you can't do anything because you're either too weak or too ignorant or too fearful and keep you down. But when we stand on the might of God, when we stand on His wisdom, His strength, then we can do what He wants us to do and stand boldly. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because that's who we're really going up against is the devil. He uses mankind, yes. He uses our... Our friends, our family, our associates, everyone out there in various ways to trip us up, to discourage us, to keep us down. But don't let it happen. Verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not just going up against mankind. We're going up against Satan himself. And we of ourselves cannot stand against Satan. He'll crush us every time. But when we put on the power and might of Jesus Christ, when we put on the full armor of God, then we can deflect all those fiery darts, as he tells us. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That brings it all in. That brings all the evil warmongers out there, all the evil governments out there, all the evil persecutors and, and all the evil groups. And there's a lot of those evil groups in the area nowadays, and they are on the increase in this country, that's for sure. But they are the powers of Satan. Simple as that. They are followers and believers of Satan, and they do his will. And that's who we are facing on a daily basis, more and more. Wherefore? 
take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Over and over, it says, take your stand. Stand up. Face it. Face down that enemy. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. That's a big part of it. You have to be standing on the truth, not a lie. And the truth can be found in the Word of God. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. You've got to be blanketed and covered in the garment of Jesus Christ, which is His righteousness, not your own. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You need to study the Word of God. That way you can use that. Above all, taking the shield of faith. When you truly have the kind of faith that you need, you can, as he says here, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Everything that comes at you can be deflected, can quench those, can get rid of them. And if you lack faith, ask for it. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. When we study the Word of God, when we trust the Word of God, when we use the Word of God, we can stand solid on the rock of Jesus Christ. And in verse 18, which is what we need to do for everyone, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We need to come together as an army of God to fight Satan and pray for each other. And then Paul specifically asking for this, and for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Pray for each other to have that like Paul was asking for here that boldness and that confidence to be able to proclaim the Word of God accurately and truthfully. As he tells us in 2 Timothy 2.15, to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. The Word of truth is the Word of God. When we rightly divide it, that means we're really looking in there and, and seeing all the intricacies of it, seeing how it all works together, ties together in harmony and truth, and then turn around and use that as a weapon against Satan and his followers. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for your word. It is so powerful. It is so strong. Help us all to take on that full armor. Help all of us to stand true, to stand fast as you tell us, to stand up boldly against all the evil that is out there. This seems to be on the increase, which should encourage all of us to get out there and get into battle and know that you're right there helping us through all of it. Let us all stand on your might and your strength. Thank you as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.